You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hey, Frank. What's up, Bradley? I just bought a new shirt and it really breathes. You know what material it's made out of? This breathing shirt? What? Oxycontin. Oh, oh God! No. Damn it! <laughs> I gotta say, right now, my, my boyfriend and a friend of uh, ours that is visiting are downstairs watching Painkiller at the moment. So that's very apropos. Oh. Well done. I didn't even tell you that before we started recording. Woohoo! With uh, Matthew Broderick. Coming full yeah, circle yeah, yeah, already. Yeah. Oh, I love the, it. The, the eternally handsome, boyishly cute Matthew Broderick. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're going to be talking about uh, The Good Mother, which is a crime thriller directed by Miles Joris Pirafiti and co-written by Madison Harrison, which stars. You say that again, Bradley. I could not say that again. No. <laughs> <laughs> stars Hilary Swank of Million Dollar Baby fame and Boys Don't Cry. And I don't care. I know those are really old pieces of work. I think those are her best work. I'm not very unique that way. You clearly have not seen P.S. I Love You. Oh, yeah. Masterpiece. <laughs> we open up in Albany, New York in 2016. Why in 2016? Because Hillary Swank's son. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary Swank playing uh, Marissa Bennings, who is uh, a mother of two adults. One of them is brutally killed during his late night jog. Now, this son of hers, he was also a junkie, so everyone kind of has that it was bound to happen attitude, which really sucks, and it sucks for her and for his estranged lover, Paige, who was also pregnant with his child. Now, Paige, having this child she's carrying, she's furious, just like her mother-in-law is. And though these two have their uh, bridges that have been burned down by a drug problem, they decide they should band together and find her son and her husband's killer. With me to talk about this, someone who would only jog at 1 a.m. to go to a karaoke club. Frank is with us. If by jog you mean take an Uber, then yes. <laughs> and someone who could probably kill it at a karaoke club. If you want to check out our latest review, I think Dreaming Wild, she made a singing debut on that. Ooh, she did. Melina is with us. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> 
So some was Nicole Kidman in Australia. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, kidding, kidding. I feel like we used to get like 50 or 60 thrillers a year, but that one miniseries with uh, Kate Winslet, which was incredible. Mayor of Easttown. Mayor of Easttown, baby. That set the bar so high, I kind of feel like thrillers were like, oh, we can't compete with that and just disappeared. Well, actually, I would say that we're, we might actually see an attempt at a revitalization of that because of how much people reacted to something like that. I would venture that this was probably, if not written, but it was the script was picked up because of the success of something like that. Because I guarantee you, if you've seen Mayor of Easttown, you are not going to not be able to think about it when you're watching this. Well, that, that's exactly what happened to me. Like, yeah. Wow, this is really kind of shooting high for that creepy what's really going on thriller. Now, her living son is Jack Rayner, the actor. And I apologize for the lack of names. IMDb really dropped the ball on this, and I did not take good they notes. They really did. I, no, I was trying to to, to um, write my review for uh, another site that I'm on, Synapse. If anybody wants to go in there and read my ramblings about this movie there, because <laughs> I get to review it twice. And... Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, there's no like cast notes for this, so you had to basically, basically guess. <laughs> yeah, no, and you're right. But uh, Jack Rayner, very recognizable face. He was in uh, Sing Street and Midsummer. Well, those are my two favorite films with him. He's the <laughs> he's the good son, you could say, because he grew up, became a police officer, got married, did everything, quote unquote, what you're supposed to do to prove to your parents that you're just an all around great guy. And he's kind of involved in the investigation as well, but kind of not at the same time. And maybe he was involved. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe I'll have to edit that out. What did you guys feel about the (laughs) slow burn of this? The uh, three leads performances. It's a very small cast as well as a short film. Yeah. And And, Mayor of Easttown being peak. uh, How'd you feel about this one? You know, everything. Okay, so I am going to admit something. I saw the Rotten Tomato score for this before the screener was sent to me. And so I went into this thinking, "Uh oh, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to have to power through this. And then I had my schedule completely changed. I watched the first five minutes only to find out that when I went back to finish it that the link had expired. So I went and saw this in the theater and by your lonesome i will there were there were a couple of octogenarians in there with me uh but, okay, that's cool. but uh i people that went to go see boys don't cry back in the exactly. 90s exactly cool. i mean <laughs> same crowd absolutely uh when i will admit something when i saw this in a theater for the first i think 20 minutes or so i was really digging this i really enjoyed the setup because I thought that, you know, Hilary Swank, as great of an actress as she is, I feel like after uh, Million Dollar Baby, she's never really gotten that role that's put her at that apex uh, again. But I love seeing her in anything. I always think she's great. And I think she's amazing here, as is Olivia Cook. And the two of them, watching them play off each other and the dialogue that's written for them, I really loved. I loved so much of the setup for this mystery. It's only when they actually started getting into the unfolding of it that I felt it was kind of convoluting itself and falling off the rails. 
Yeah, I'm the same way. I think, Bradley, uh, everything that you uh, described this movie, a slow burn, it's not. Uh, (laughs) Really, really short. I think that's 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 probably its biggest flaw, Um, because I feel that everything happens here at such breakneck speed. It um, it jumps from this from that, you know, that that point to that beat. There's a there's a scene when Paige, uh, who is uh, the dead son's um, g- pregnant girlfriend, says to uh, H- to Hillary Swank to Marissa Hillary Swank, she says, "You know, you're not alone in your grief for for your son." And I was like, nothing about this moment registers. I've I've known these people for five minutes. I mean, am I supposed to already you know like feel like you know a part of their emotional journey? You know, it's uh, it's ridiculous, and and that's a consistent problem all the way through. And I know it's it's very popular nowadays to uh, bemoan any movie that is that dares to be over ninety minutes. But this movie is a um, a textbook case of why some stories are worth um, being explored more than they are. I think virtually every twist and every turn here uh, suffers because it is it feels so unorganic to the story because the story itself is not expanded enough um there's a really big twist in the third act that feels out of another movie it doesn't feel like it would come out of this for me it didn't feel like 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 it feels like 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 well let's just let's just have them do this right let's just let's have let's just have this be the ending it was very random not so much it foreshadowed yeah yeah. I think there's like more than one twist in here, but the big one, I would argue, even comes before the third act. And it's one of those where I'm like, yeah, I didn't see this coming, but not because I feel like the movie successfully fooled me. It just didn't feel like it earned that twist. Like, you know, it's like the last kid that makes the bad analogy, but the last kid that makes it to, you know, whatever the president's fitness test or whatever, you know, in gym class. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, yeah. The yeah. One yeah. That's like, that, like, like, I did it. Whatever. I, I got there. <laughs> Right, and it, the thing is, like, it does feel... <laughs> Sorry, Brad. at least I'm choking up right now. <laughs> that was me. I was that Brad kid. Molina. That's the twist. Oh, sorry, Brad. Well, me too, me too. Uh, oh, Don't I worry. think we were all that kid, which is why we're all yeah. just like, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But... That checks. Yeah, I, I, completely, I completely agree with you, though, because when I say that this could have been a miniseries, I know that that is a criticism that we, especially one of us.net, we use it all the time. But coming off the skirts of something like Mayor of Easttown, which I thought was masterful at doing something like mm-hmm. that, like a tr- like a really just pitch perfect mystery that also gave you such incredible character development. I know that I said this off mic. This feels like it probably got greenlit because of the success of something like that, especially when you get a top tier actress like Hilary Swank. And unfortunately watching this i kept thinking i feel like i'm watching so many great isolated scenes that should have been accompanied by several more hours of watch time no absolutely because there there is such um there is such prime material here uh you know there's a lot to mine in this setup and with, with these characters um because i i love that we have these three this very broken family of essentially three people 
and they're all um, living on different planes of existence and they're all broken in, in their own different ways. Um, and, you know, excuses are made for none of them. And, 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 and to sort of like in the midst of their brokenness, sort of put them in a situation where they have to rise above, above those sort of confines um, would have been great to watch. This movie doesn't do that. This movie instead um, aims for you know plot mechanics and plot mechanics that are really shaky because they're they're coming as a result of story beats that aren't um, that aren't fleshed out because they can't be fleshed out. Because that would solve the mystery too soon, or because of the constraints of the running time. I would say I would say both, uh, but that's the thing. I'm like watching this, it being an hour and twenty nine minutes, and it wanting to set up this mystery. It reveals the answer to it. I think way too soon. First of all, so mm-hmm. and for okay. like there is a scene, uh, t- there is a scene well into the third act that involves Hillary Swank following someone on a train. It goes on forever. <laughs> And it's like, it wants it to be, it's like the film wants to play it like it's contemplative, like it's building to something. Yeah. But there's just no way for you to feel like that because it's it feels like it's going in slow-mo and it goes on for, I, I didn't have a watch, but if I did, I would have started my, I would have started my timer. Because I'm like, this, mm-hmm. I can already feel like it's going on way too long. And by the time it reaches its punchline, it's just such a, it just goes out on such a whimper that you're like, really? We built just to get here? But uh, on the on the subject of what you were talking about, Frank, where it feels like this movie is just sacrificing so much of what could have been a great character development for the sake of hitting its story beats, one of the big things that this movie starts off with is going into how Hilary Swank's character is a pretty much full-blown alcoholic at this point in, in her life, and how she literally, she can, she can down whiskey in the span of a, a literal half a second, and how... It's, I guess, supposed to be subtextually butting against the fact that her son is a drug addict. But it just kind of drops that. She's such a high-functioning alcoholic for it to even be compared. Yeah, but uh, isn't it it amazing and how wonderful that she's cured by the end? (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler! (laughs) Allegedly, it's a day-by-day thing. that she, that she goes to the same bar that was apparently was not triggering at all and just orders a glass of water. Which is kind of silly to do at a bar. <laughs> Extremely <know>. silly. <laughs> yeah, but the movie's exactly. like, well, come on. We're trying like, to make our point here. Aren't you with us on this? I'm like, well, yeah, because you're yeah, literally but, beating me over the head with it. It's like, it's just like take her, put her in a Starbucks or something, for God's sake. I mean, come on. Yeah. Why why'd you do that? You don't... But at that point, you're like, whatever. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Speaking of whatever, now our final thoughts. <laughs> Frank, if you would start, please. Yeah, I don't want to um, completely knock this movie altogether because I will say that um, on a technical level, this is a very, uh, a very good film. This has an incredibly rich sense of place. I think the world that's built here um is one that's that's very uh you know steeped in realism and um you know it's it's a it's a place where where hope is seldom found and um people just want to exist 
and that, that that comes across in a very authentic way and uh it's it, it's there's there's something of a juxtaposition happening because uh the dp here who's uh i think it's charlotte holmesby charlotte hornsby you're right she has really draped this film in 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 really the most interesting use of color i've seen in a while for a story like this and uh that's really the element that that that's made it so intriguing because it really created a world that um you know did not have a lot of hope had, you know it was it was you know rich in despair but it was also so in its own way couldn't help but pull you in <clears throat> and so i had to had to give it that um other than that you know this this wastes um so much potential especially if it's cast i can almost hear like an acting teacher in the background saying now show me sad <laughs> now show me scared okay <laughs> n- n- now show me concerned and um and I hate to say that I, I I'm never that hard on actors because actors are only doing the best they can with what they've given to work with. But uh, but here uh, it brings them it brings them down. Um, I will just end on one final note um, by saying every time I try to look up this movie, I look I one of the top hits that came up uh, was another film called The Good Mother from 1988. Starring Leonard, starring uh, not starring Leonard Nimoy, directed by Leonard Nimoy, starring uh, Diane Keaton, um, about um, a woman played by Diane Keaton who's divorced, has a young daughter, and is dating um, uh, a new boyfriend played by Liam Neeson, and she's uh, taken to court, and uh, her suitability as a mother is thrown into question because um, she let her daughter sleep in the same bed as her and her new boyfriend and these two movies have (laughs) nothing in common but it did strike me as sort of interesting that in you know in 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 our you know it's a comment on our sort of puritanical society that we are continuing to question and um, define what does make a good mother i think that that movie posed the question i think this movie in its final notes um does pose the same question and i i think it's a provocative question to ask and i think it's one with with many many answers but i don't think it is necessarily uh, a fair question to ask at all um so i'm just gonna give this on that cheery (laughs) happy-go-lucky note (laughs) i'm gonna give this um uh six and a half out of ten, um, Diane Keaton movies because um, <laughs> apart from that movie, she usually makes pretty, pretty, pretty awesome ones. So yeah, uh, agreed. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go watch some Diane Keaton after this. <laughs> <laughs> let's explain The Godfather to uh, Melina later. Oh, shut yeah. up! <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a Barbie joke. <laughs> yes, Melina, your final thoughts. I love Melina's reaction. Yeah. It was it was appropriate reaction. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's ready to take you, Bradley. Fucker. <laughs> okay, well, no, I love you guys very much. Um, I, like I said, I started out actually liking quite a few things about this. And like you said, Frank, I think that 
on a technical level, this had me quite surprised because, again, I saw this in a theater. I got to see this with really great sound. I got to see it with a really good picture. And there were quite a few shots in here throughout that had me really quite astonished. I'm like, wow, for as short as this is and for as uh, tight of a budget as it probably has, it really does look quite beautiful. And that really goes to the sound mixers and the cinematographer. Um, I will say, though, I really like the performances in here. I didn't get an acting school vibe from a lot of them. I mean, you've got people like you've got people like Hilary Swank in here, Jack Rayner, Olivia Cook, all of whom I think are wonderful. And I think, you know, in general, and I think they're wonderful here. I think that, yeah, what this film suffers from is just pure truncation. You have something that could have been very complex. You could have really developed these characters and their relationships with each other. And the performances would have shined that much more. But it's like the editor came at this with a goddamn machete and just cut out so much of what would have made this meaty, what would have made so many of these scenes feel like they actually tied together. What made you feel like this even warrant like why this should have even been a mystery to begin with why they're even trying to find out who killed the son it's it's like there's so many things like that where i'm like well they're doing it because the movie insists that they need to um yeah it, it is unfortunate <laughs> but i do think that there is a lot of potential here and i think that the filmmaking aspects of this should not be ignored I would like to see what this director does next with maybe more freedom and maybe more of a budget. Uh, but unfortunately, 21% okay. on Rotten Tomatoes right now. I don't, I think that's a bit harsh. I do think that this film does have enough about it to where I'm like, you know what? Sit, sitting at home when you're just wanting a simple, not too long mystery, I don't think this is terrible. It's just one where it's like, as you're watching it, you can think of a better, more complex film in your head so on that note i am going to give this five out of ten glasses of water that i felt like i needed because hillary swank <laughs> made me feel like i had a goddamn hangover <laughs> <laughs> and it's good to stay hydrated so for me with thrillers i generally gravitate towards them because of the writing now one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone is the best at something and we're told they're the best and don't get to see it. And Hilary Swank is a writer in this and I kept forgetting. But every once in a while, an editor would pop up and be like, you are good. This is good. And I'm like, do we get to hear any of that? And they're like, no, we don't. And that's that sucks. Like, oh, his... One of her sons was a cop and the other a junkie makes you think. And I'm like, could you could you think about it out loud with nice, cool, thriller, suspenseful dialogue? And they're like, no, we're not going to do that. I'm like, oh, OK. We got to be done by 89 minutes. Yeah. And, and then most thrillers have a message. And I'm like, what's the message of this film, really? It seems to be all over the place. And then someone randomly would be like, Oxycontin is what gets junkies, what's created junkies, huh? And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess. And then the movie ends shortly after that profound statement. 
But uh, I agree. I think Olivia Cook is great. Can't wait to see her again in 2028 with House of the Dragon season two. Maybe sooner. <laughs> is it only going to be 2028? <laughs> oh, hopefully. And well, maybe, maybe, well, maybe we'll get the uh, maybe she'll be in the Ready Player One sequel if that ever gets adapted. That's never going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Jack Rayner, as I said, I always love it when he gets work. He's had a kind of a rough run of kind of forgettable stuff. Yeah, this isn't terrible, though. I didn't hate it. And it was only 90 minutes. I'm so sorry, Frank. I actually appreciated it being so short because... The bar is higher for yeah. you. You need to hit all the points that a two-hour movie can in yeah. 90 minutes. You know? Yeah, and yeah. A lot of them falter because they can't. For me, I'll I'll just say this one's going to be... I'll, I'll give it 6 out of 10. I'm okay with 6 out of 10. Intense chase sequences. I didn't realize... We're even supposed to be tense until the end of the chase. <laughs> <laughs> a chase sequence that someone spilled molasses on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You went to the bathroom, you came back, and it was still happening. Still following that dude. <laughs> she was still in the same car. <laughs> I mean, you can't go anywhere. It's a train. It's a train. You can just... Yeah, I know, right? 